the, the 15th chapter in verses uh, 33 and, and 34 here. So when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? And so at this time, Jesus just feels alone. He feels uh, abandoned. And his world has been um, turned upside down. And, and I'm not, not glad that he went through that, but I find comfort in knowing that he has experienced, maybe quite often, you know, has experienced the same things that we've experienced from time to time. But then there's also a saying that says that this too shall pass. And as people of faith, we know that the darkness or death uh, can lead to resurrection and new life, but we, but we go through it, which is always um, difficult, which can be very trying as well. And um, before we take a, a little time to, to pray and to reflect on um, just some of that, that darkness that we might be in right now or we have experienced in our life, I did invite Brad uh, to share just a little bit uh, just the science aspect of, of darkness. I was talking to him the other day. It's just really pretty fascinating. So he's going to share for a couple of minutes on just the, the science of darkness and, it's, and the need for it as well. <clears throat> we live on a planet that revolves 24 hours a day. Fortunately, there's a difference between day and night. There are planetary bodies and the stars where it doesn't, and the weather systems on those are abysmal. We follow circadian rhythms. All higher organisms do. We must have our rest. During the daytime, plants take in CO2. At night, they exhale oxygen. Some of the birds sleep on the wing, shutting down half their brain. People who go into caves and try and not follow the circadian rhythms by living in total darkness, get all messed up. And those who work on shifts find that their circadian rhythms lead to poorer health. So the darkness for me is a time of replenishment. It is a time when the ideas of the day and the mind and its tumult, if the spirit of inquiry can shut down, we can be quiet and let the brain work on the information that's taken in today. And then at four o'clock in the morning comes the aha moment. <laughs> so that is, for me, I look forward to the chance to go to sleep. I do it every night at the same time, and it's refreshing. And <clears throat> so sleep is a necessary thing for all higher organisms. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> So there's um, the science, which ties in, I think, quite a bit with the, the, the spirit of darkness and the um, and different aspect of darkness that I also wanted to talk about today is just how darkness <clears throat> completely just unravel, unravel our, our world as well. We need it, but there's also this other part of darkness that can be really very challenging. And so the question that I wanted to ask us as we take some time just to, to, to pray and think about this is, uh, have we ever gone through a dark night and recognizing some of us might be there right now, but where your world was just turned upside down or shattered, your, your belief system was challenged, 
um, your understanding of God and life was either shattered or broken. And I would call this uh, a dark night of the soul. So let's just take a, a couple moments just to pray and reflect on, have you had an experience? Again, some of us are, might be there now, just where that, that night descended and it just completely changed or broke down the way you saw the world, the way you say, saw God and everything else. So let's take a few moments just to pray and reflect on that. Let us pray. The term, the dark night of the soul, it actually comes from a 16th century Carmelite monk named John. He's known as St. John of the Cross. And what happened to him is he and a nun, they were going to form a new monastery, a better monastery, a better movement. And so they left to form this monastery. And guess what happened when they wanted to make something new and better? There was going to be change. The powers to be came down on them. They said, no, we don't want to change anything. We want to keep things the way they are. And so imagine being this monk and you dedicate your life to God and you're just following the movement of the spirit. And so the powers to be, they, they came to him, they arrested him, took him back to the monastery and they put him in a prison there. And he lived in this prison for 11 months. And during this time, they, they flogged him, they beat him, they asked him to renounce uh, this movement of the spirit within him, and he wouldn't do it. And this was his dark night. Everything he thought about God, his belief system, everything was just obliterated. And he didn't know what to do. <clears throat> and the word, and, <clears throat> and you'll have to hear both sides of this, the word he came up with, with, with God was nada, which simply means nothing. God is nothing. God is no thing. He felt <clears throat> abandoned and all alone. And it's all because he was moving and he was growing. So during this dark night of the soul, he had the numbness, the agony, the, the sleepless nights. Everything he thought he knew was stripped away from him. And there was nothing left for him to hang on to. And, and I kind of think, see us, not only as individuals, but as a nation, a lot of the things that we, we hang on to and, and we want to get strength from, they're being challenged and they're being stripped away. And there's nothing for him to hang on to. And so he said, God is not a. And by no thing, he, nothing, he meant that God is not a thing. You know, God is not an object. God is not something we can cling to and hang on to. And this is where I can kind of maybe relate more, and some of you have shared this with um, just my own experience, and some of you have shared this as well, and especially during times of, of death. Everything is, is stripped away, and it is hard. And nobody can go there with us. It's, it's, it's something we have to experience and go through ourselves. We have to do the work of that grief and that pain. And what I have discovered, and some of you have, have, have echoed this, 
when everything is stripped away, what we find is left is just love, just the love of God. And we can't hang on to love. We can't put love in a box. It's just something we receive, and then it's, it's something we, we share. And in the language of faith, we'll often call this uh, Trinitarian love, the love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they have this perfect relationship where all three of them, they are receiving and giving love continuously, and it just flows between them. And we can call this divine energy or divine goodness. And no one is higher or above the other or below the other, and they're just continually receiving and giving love, but it's nothing, they don't hang on to it. They can't hang on to it. They just give and receive continuously. And that takes a lot of trust to receive something very beautiful and good and just immediately let go of it and share it with someone else. And that's that continuous flow of divine energy and divine goodness. And we often discover this in the dark night because we let go of everything or everything's stripped away from us. And we don't really choose the dark night. I just kind of like to say the dark night finds us, but there are, are things that can happen as a result of these dark nights that can be very fruitful and very life-changing where we mature and become more like God. <clears throat> but it is difficult. It's extremely difficult to be in that, that dark night. <clears throat> and, and the good news with those nights is that we are invited to be a part of this divine relationship, this divine energy that is flowing not only from God to us, but I, I would say it's flowing continuously throughout our world and our, our universe because God is, is everywhere. But we can't hang on to it. We can't store it. And we just receive, <coughs> receive it and share it. And I was thinking uh, yesterday when we went and cut wood on the Navajo Nation out there by the old hatch trading post, you know, there's about 25 of us out there. And I don't think, even though we were cutting wood and stacking wood and splitting wood all day, I don't think that's what we were really doing. There was something deeper going on during that day. And I think what was going on underneath the surface was we were sharing kindness and goodness and grace and compassion with one another. And we did that through our labor, through the food and through the water and the conversations that we shared one another. It was very renewing. And I remember late in the afternoon, uh, an older uh, Navajo lady showed up, showed up and I'd call her a matriarch. And she had all this... Uh, fry bread and when we'd go and get a drink of water she'd say have some of my fry bread would you like some fry bread and she was offering us not just bread but it really was the bread of life she was offering her love her kindness her goodness share this bread and we could say yes or no and then we would take a piece of bread and we would eat it, we would consume it, and then we would go and share that love. So that wasn't something we could hang on to. So we're continually receiving and sharing love. And we think about that, that dark night and, and that experience uh, 
I'm also reminded of the, um, the transfiguration where Jesus is there. He's on, it's literally the, the first mountaintop experience and he's just glowing with all this light and all this goodness and, and all the energy. And, and Peter and James and John are there and in the middle of all this light, they're receiving it, they're soaking it in. And if you remember what Peter says, he says what probably all of us would say, can we just build a house here? Why don't we just stay here in all this light and all this goodness? Let's build a house. And what I hear him saying is, can we store this moment in a house? Can we store this energy in the bank? And then we can just use it when we ever want. We can just open up the vault and use that, that energy. And you remember how St. John of the Cross, he said, God is no thing. We can't cling to God. We can't hold on to God because God is continuously flowing and moving in and out of our lives and in our world. It's not something for us to hold, to store. And then Jesus says, you can't do that. You can't build a house or you can't put me in a box or, or just in a bank. God is continuously flowing through our lives. And we just can't store God on a shelf and, and use God when we want to. But it's trusting that God is love and continuously flowing through us and through our world. And we receive that divine energy and we share it. And during the dark night of the soul, though, it's quite often we're, we're trying to hold on or we're trying to cling to something. I'd call it something that is, is false. In my experience in the dark night, that when everything's stripped away, what is left is love. And in that dark night, our, our belief systems, our ideas, our, the false myths, the untrue narratives that we might carry with us, all those things are stripped away. <clears throat> And it could be painful and, and sad and, and scary to let go of those things that have held, held us up or things that we have clung to for, for so long. But we let go. And what we find is left, like as, as I mentioned, is the, is the love. And we can't stop the truth from coming into the world, that divine energy. The, the God's love and God's desire that we all live as one and that, that unity, we simply can't stop it from happening. And love endures. <clears throat> that is the truth. That God's love endures. <clears throat> and earlier this week, um, Roe and I, we went to Natural Bridges National Monument in Utah. It's one of my favorite places to go. And I love looking at those bridges and um, walking underneath them. And for me, it's a pretty good metaphor for God's love. And I think about that water flowing up against that rock day after day, year after year, century after century, and I'd have to find the science about how long it took that bridge to form. But that love is, is like that water just pushing up against the rock, pushing up against hate and violence and intolerance and judgment and, and the racism and the white supremacy. And that water, that love is just continually pushing up against it. And it almost seems futile, like it's impossible. But over time, 
that love forms that beautiful bridge. And it takes a long, long time. And this is having faith that if we find ourselves in that dark night, I'm speaking right now probably more so as a nation. It's kind of like that water pushing up against a bridge. And we say, it's impossible. Nothing's ever going to change. But that water persists, that God's love and grace just continually pushes up against the hate, the intolerance, the untruth, the anger, the racism. And it doesn't give up. It just continues to push against it until it forms that beautiful bridge, until it forms unity there. And so this is the, the dark night where it's easy to get frustrated and everything is, is shaken. But we also have the benefit of having this story, this the story of the Gospels and Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And we go through life knowing the ending by listening to that story. Because with faith, we, we know that after death comes resurrection. Some of you mentioned after the dark night, there comes the beauty and the appreciation of the light. We know with our faith that after injustice comes liberation. With faith, we know, kind of like the song that Coco played, that after wounding, there comes healing. And this is what gives us the strength to go through the dark night, not only as individuals, but as a community and as a nation that we know that resurrection comes from death, that after injustice there is liberation. And this is the truth at every level of our lives. And so my prayer for all of us today, um, just being in different places as individuals, as a community, a church, that everything false will pass away. And they will know that love remains and love endures. And love is the truth. Amen.